Hello. <laughs> so unusually it's the day after the day. The day after the day. The day after the day of the event. It's Thanksgiving weekend. We rode on Saturday and we went to, well, the area of Mono Cliffs Provincial Park. Um, Is but, it a provincial park? Well... The Mono Cliffs part where the cliffs are with all the touristy bits is the provincial park. Oh, okay. There you have it. I didn't even know it was a provincial park. I just thought it was straight up an area. But I learned something new. <laughs> the bit we rode in, the forest part, is the Dufferin Forest and it's actually called Mono Tract. Um, right. So that's where the trail riding part is, although it does. Well, I'll talk about that in a minute. I have ridden monocliffs before, but based on the number of aluminium stairways, I don't think you're supposed to. Gotcha. And we've walked around there in the winter a couple of years ago, I seem to remember. Is that when I collected all that birch bark that we still have lying around yeah. in the other room? Uh, and it was icy, <laughs> wasn't it? Do you remember? Yes, I do remember. Yeah. But I do remember a big backpack full of silver birch bark which uh, is in storage in our laundry room and we will no doubt move with it and the brown paper one of these days <laughs> i'm gonna do something cool with it don't you worry it's probably dust <laughs> now. it was robust dust um so yeah so if you decide to listen to, or if you listen to this and decide to go and ride where we've been riding today in Mono Tract. We park on Horatio Street, uh, which sounds really grand. I think Horatio was a. Horatio! Wasn't he a sailor? I have no idea. Yeah, I think he was like a. I mean, I don't know. There's probably other Horatios, but I think Horatio was a um, sailor in the Napole Napoleonic Wars. Anyway, whatever. Jamie with his history. Nelson, Horatio Nelson. Nelson's column in England. Uh, anyway, there's, you know, whatever. So Horatio. So there's a road called Horatio Road, which is a gravel dirt road off of a very nice tarmac road opposite a riding school. There's like a big, wide lay-by where you can pull in. Uh, that's where we normally stop. And in the summer, we've had lunch there under a tree. Um, and we've rid f ridden fat bikes around here, but that may be a separate episode. Whenever I've been here, I've often turned up, and we tend to arrive places lunchtime-ish, but we've often turned up and there's been other people coming or going, but I've rarely bumped into people riding here, even if there's 10 cars in the, uh, you know, the lay-by. And so it's it's always quiet. And this particular Saturday, uh, yesterday, it was uh, very quiet. We had your niece with us and there was the three of us. And that was really it, wasn't it, from a yeah. riding point of view? Yeah, but exactly what you said. Same again. We turned up and there was a string of about 10 cars. And yet we did not see really a soul out in the woods. Nope. To be fair, though, as we arrived, I think about there was a string of at least a half a dozen um, mountain bikers that were just coming in from a ride. But 
you're right though that most times uh if not all of the times that we've been there even though there could be multiple cars we don't really see anybody out in the woods no probably um, we've seen more horses than humans yeah i'll talk about the horses in a minute this is a imber managed area as well um and you can tell so yeah yeah you can good good well built um flowy flowy designed trails so it's a relatively small area i think there's uh just under 20 different kind of proper trails you can ride on from the car park when you go in uh there's a kind of a left which is obvious everybody goes there and there's there's green trails then that you can um ride on but they all kind of loop around and interconnect and they've got little regions so there's like a central park region and then there's a um there's like a north region and i think then there's a, there's a, like an east region and then there are a couple of trails that stand out so there's a blue trail called maple ridge which is the one that we did all the way so we stayed on maple ridge from start to finish that was one of the trails that i think you and celeste both liked um where you said it's fun with the small drops oh yeah um so yeah so there's maple ridge and then we got on another trail which was uh like a green trail called south meadow and rode out of the uh dufferin forest and into the mono provincial park was that the one that we had never done before? Yeah. Right. So we did the green trail, which was fairly steep, but not difficult. There's like a little short right, which we ignored. And then it, you come to a junction, you can go left or right. We didn't go left and do that little bit. We went right. And I'd never ridden that before. That was, that was interesting and quite good fun. And we followed that all the way back to the end. So we did the mono trail, which then joined something called the South Boundary Trail. And then we ended up on Euro Trash, which was that uh, trail we've done a few times. Oh, where... the really bumpy one? Yeah, which is the original trail, I think. Um, it's the older one. But there's like an old Volkswagen Beetle, which I think is why it's called Euro Trash. And it's got the wooden, um, I don't know what you call that feature. Like a step down. It's, um, you, it's, can, you can you roll, can roll it. it, or you could probably send it a little bit off of it. You could hit it hard and get some air, but it's it's certainly... It's a nice, fun, little, non not-too-intimidating feature. Yeah, and I would say almost everything was rollable at, is yeah. rollable at Mono. Even all of, the, all of the little drops. I mean, for me right now, I'm not... Um, getting any air you're cruising <laughs> even on a good day i'm probably not getting any air but in my still semi um wounded state i'm definitely being very cautious and rolling those things and that was just to say that they were quite manageable even for me yeah there was out of all the trails there's only one that's really rooty which is this euro trash trail the rest of it's pretty smooth um I went and did Central Park Trail, and then I did Central Park North. Central Park North is green, but it's quite interesting. It's quite twisty and got some good ups and downs. Uh, so I went and yeah, I went and did that on my own. Left you and Celeste collecting mushrooms, which we can talk about in a minute. Um, 
The one thing to say about this place is where you park, there's a riding school opposite. You'll see the horses. And the rules are horses have priority over hikers. Horses and hikers have priority over bike riders. Um, and that's the way it is in this place. We've interacted with horse riders a few times there and they're always really nice and pleased if you just let them know you're coming if you're behind them because you can spook a horse and if you're in front of them um just pull over and let them go by they're normally super friendly we did uh we didn't see any horses we just saw evidence on the trail <laughs> of the horses right um it was a bit of a rainy day but because you're in the woods in fact it was windy and rainy but because you're in the woods and it's a mix of pine and uh, broadleaf trees uh, deciduous trees it's fine it was like quite pleasant to ride in um, I, actually i will say that um i think that we did so well on the on the weather that day like it was just such a great place to be because oh boy, could you tell the difference, like you're just parked on the side of the road and that wind was whipping and it was, you know, kind of one of the first days of it, the temperature really dropping. I mean, a few days prior to this, I was swimming in my, how do, Wednesday. You, how do you call it? Your, your swimming costume? Yeah, that's what we call it. Yeah, i.e. bathing suit. Yeah. I was swimming in the lake and wow, did the temperature drop. Um I think bathing suit sounds like a Victorian man in a <laughs> straw hat and those well, like never mind. knee length, you know, <laughs> woolly. So, uh, yeah, it was, we were pretty chilly um, getting getting our bikes ready. And then once we got into the bush, it was so pleasant. And even with the rain coming down, it was kind of like a sun shower. It was, it was beautiful. Uh, yeah, I would agree. And I mean, even though it was raining, there's, there's the trails take the rain well so there wasn't a massive bike clean when i got home i can always tell how how bad it is based on how dirty the bikes were and yeah it's uh it wasn't it's a place that's very close to my heart actually i've i discovered it because i went to albion last year um was it or the even the year before maybe i don't know uh probably the year before uh, and Al the year before. Albion was closed because of an event and I was I don't know what the word is I was irritated because we pay or we were paying a membership of Albion and I didn't want to ride the enduro event they were doing but I did want to go and ride my bike and I, I kind of get it but they were just so rude and dismissive and I kind of sailed off in the car and thought well Mono's the closest place never been there and on trail forks and you know looking at the map information it doesn't look anything really it looks a bit like meh as you would say um Blah. so to turn up and find trails and trails and lots of trails well-built trails and like cool little loops here and there um and you can't really get lost either you can hear the road you you kind of always end up back where you need to be eventually um yeah it's a pleasure to ride actually it's enjoyable and it's uh it's good fun so i it i'm fond of it and we've ridden it in the winter in fact we went there in the winter we've been every season I'd but say. we went pre-fat bike didn't we 
and it was snowy that day and then that kind of made the decision to uh get on fat bikes i think because it was such a good we had such a good time in the slushy snow there so <laughs> so yeah so that's a bit of a summary of the riding um you had some success on the mushroom front well we all did actually and the riding front but <clears throat> um yeah, I was thinking about, I, I think it was that new trail uh, that we were on. That's where we found our first find or stopped to collect our first find. Maple Ridge. Um, and we came across some nice uh, patches of bluets. I'll edit in here. <clears throat> um, so... These were the uh, wood bluets, which when they're young, they can be purple or lilac colored, but as they age, they turn color and turn to a more kind of uh, less appealing or less um, visually pleasing. They turn to just sort of a beige or a, a light brown color as they mature. And that is the state in which we found these. So um, these mushrooms, they grow right out of the ground, um, usually not on a host to my knowledge. These ones, in fact, were growing right out of the ground. And I think we found, we found a few different patches and some were um, coming out of like leaves and others were popping out of the pine needles. So... Um, coniferous or deciduous uh they could be found in and i i'm just going to say that jessica's done an enormous amount of work on the identification of these well i and i will get to that in a minute because there there was a few things that just weren't adding up completely um for these for identifying these mushrooms so we really did a lot of research but I cannot figure that they can possibly be anything else um, so these bluets bluets have like a thick um, a thick stem tight gills no ring or veil um, when they're a bit younger the edges kind of curled under and as they mature they can become kind of wavy and even sort of start to flip out the edge flip out <laughs> um so the one thing that was not really adding up for us was the smell of these mushrooms they're supposed to have like a very pleasant floral almost lilac um scent to them and that was certainly one thing that just did not add up for us um i, I wouldn't say that they smelled unpleasant but I would probably just say that they smelled very grassy. What I figured out the smell. Yeah, it's grassy, but I think the smell is actually... If you cut a lawn, which none of us do very often, but if you were to cut a lawn... When I was a kid, we used to put the grass on a compost heap. And if you went... I used to play in the compost heap, of course. If the grass was a week old, that's what the smell was. It's mm. like it's like almost like it's slightly fermented grass. Mm. It's just, It's not... It's not a fresh grassy smell, it's a bit of a weird grassy smell. And I actually figured out what it was the other day. Oh, there you so, have it. Yeah. Fermented grassy smell. So that's the smell. <laughs> so... Odor de compost heap. Yes, on many of these mushrooms, none gave us this so-called 
floral, lilac, pleasant odor. Not to say that it was unpleasant, but um, that was definitely something that just didn't add up for us. So um, the some one type of mushroom that you do not want to confuse a bluet with or to look out for would be um, purple quartz, the quartinarius species. And one huge difference is that they have a web-like covering over the gills and even kind of rusty colored on the spore print front, those uh, those purple quartz have a rust uh, rust colored spore print, whereas the bluets have a white or pinkish white spore print. And um, all of our spore prints last night came up white to pinkish white. Yeah. Um, on a more certain note, there was an abundance of honey mushrooms yep. at Monotract. Um, and again, I just have to say, this is one that you were nonplussed with to start with. Like up in, up in Sault Ste. Marie, you were a bit indifferent about the old honey mushrooms. And then we collected some and you did a sterling job of preserving them. And now you're all over collecting <laughs> as many as possible this day. Well, they're, they are... They're quite, I was going to say, in some ways they're a little bit more work, but in other ways they're not as much work. And just uh, off the top of my head, what I'm speaking about is um, they're a little bit more work to cook in that um, honey mushrooms, I definitely boil for a good 10 minutes or so first before proceeding on any kind of cooking or preserving. So that's sort of an extra step, but the flip side and bonus to that is um, I don't get too fussed about the dirt and the cleaning of them because of that initial boiling um, process. So I don't have to be like super crazy anal about um, cleaning every speck of dirt off of them while collecting them, which is a huge plus. As I said, there was an abundance of honey mushrooms at Mono. They're a parasitic uh, mushroom, and there are many varieties of them. And I would say just, you know, even within the same area, you could see multiple different kinds of honey mushrooms. Um, they can be growing just directly out of the ground, or they can be growing on a host, on um, a dead or a live tree. Um, the ones that we were finding yesterday were on conifers, but I do believe you can also find them on deciduous trees as well. So yeah, we found some on the ground and some up in the trees. Yeah, right? yeah. So. We did, we did. And, and, and at various stages of growth as well, I think. So some were a bit older, the ones that I got down from that tree. I think they were a bit older, whereas, you know, there was a there was a mixture of age, I guess, is what I was trying to say. So just a couple of features on the honey mushrooms is that I think there's generally always a ring around the stem. Um, there's usually you can see these little small hairs on the caps. Um, also, this stem gets a little bit darker brown as it goes like further down the stem, closer to the bottom or, or the base of the stem. Um, I believe all honey mushrooms have a white spore print. Uh, and I would say for sure two of the varieties that we collected yesterday 
Um, some were definitely bulbous honey mushrooms, um, and then others were dark honey mushrooms, and there were probably even more varieties in there. So uh, I would say, it's not to say that you can't collect um, older mushrooms, but the ones that I really prefer to go for are the uh, the younger the better, the little tiny babes, the small ones that are like tight little buttons and the caps have not yet opened. Um, those were, those are the ones that I'm generally on the hunt for. And, uh, and yeah, as I mentioned that you definitely want to boil this variety of mushroom for a good 10 minutes um, before you're going to do whatever you're going to do with them. And you'll... Um, another like bonus of boiling these first is it does kind of minimize or get rid of some of the slime. Um, you will notice that these mushrooms, uh, once introducing heat to them, they will give off a bit of slime just like say okra would. And, um, you know, sometimes that's a good thing if you want to like thicken a soup or something. Um, but if you're not so interested in the slime fest factor, then uh, boiling is is a good good move here. Some pouring tea, sorry. <laughs> we'll excuse you. <laughs> um, the English guy. So I think that that's about all I have to say about uh, honey mushrooms for today. I'm I'm hoping it's not the last of our honey mushroom haul, um, but they are they're pretty abundant out there. So yeah, go and give them a try. They're they're pretty. They're, they're a good beginner mushroom, I would say. And there was, an, there was one other mushroom that I collected actually quite a few of today. I had no idea what it was, had never seen it. And uh, it was, it, it quite looked to be in the milky cap family. In fact, I found it near a few other older milky caps. And, uh, but it was more of a funnel shaped um, and uh, quite an interesting color like a sort of rusty lilac shade anyways the um the end result of that i do believe that they were rufous milk caps and i to my knowledge they are not edible and i had plenty of mushrooms to play with so those those we said goodbye to <laughs> so uh i think that that is that on mushroom side of things today I will just mention one other sweet find we had and that was a pile of old apples that somebody dumped on the side of the road and um, obviously left there to decompose but there was quite a few good ones in the mix there so uh, I did collect a few <laughs> I believe we have apple pie made of from those roadside apples I will say secondhand apples <laughs> So there's a couple of things I just wanted to add and then say about on here. So facilities-wise, there are none. Um, Tim Hortons in Orangeville is probably your best bet mm -hmm. if you need anything. Um, the road, if you're coming from the Toronto area, is... I mean, it's fine, but it's four lanes but there's not divided and it's a bit weird the way people drive on it so if you're not used to that just look out take your time um 
So that's that. And then the other thing I was going to say is I'm going to try on our YouTube channel because these go out on YouTube as well as, uh, you know, Apple and... Podcast land? Yeah, all the others. But what I'm going to do for the YouTube ones is for this one I'm going to put some still images in to make it a bit more of a kind of slideshowy thing for the duration of the podcast and I'll put some pictures of what Jessica's prepared with some of the mushrooms that she has in there as well um, so that will be available once this is available which is you know um, well when you're listening to this I guess you're listening to it so it'll be available on the other side of you know on YouTube but what I'm going to do going forward is I'm going to try and record a bit more video content and we'll still do the audio as we do but what we might do is add a bit of video to it as well so um, going forward some of the trails we'll actually record um, some of the recipes we might actually put some still images and we'll just push a little bit more content out there um, just to get the listeners up that's the only reason we're doing it but um, just to let everybody know on here that it will be available I think that's it. Anything else to add? Just one thing. Get lost. Just want to hit stop. <laughs>